This is the Suburb Boys Fantasy Sports Podcast with your co-hosts, Cole Campbell and Jack Scales. Thanksgiving went back, saw the folks, uh, lived it up in the uh, in the burbs. Shout out the Big G, shout out Sugar Grove. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. So here with Jack, um, it's been a wild week. Wild few weeks. Wild few weeks, but we're uh, feels like a movie. <laughs> does the ESPN like Thirty for Thirty will be dropped very soon. Yeah, well, ladies and gentlemen, shout out shout out that boy Jock for already naming that thing. So yeah, but we're uh, we're rolling through it. Um, it's just part of life, man. It's just part of life. It's uh, it's, it's what happens when coaches leave, and it sucks. But you know, it's uh, it's the way things go. And and good thing about Coup Falls is things usually go up well for the Coup. And I hear cats have nine lives, so <laughs> hopefully these Cougars figure that out. But let's roll into it. I, I think we're gonna we've taken a break here for a little bit, so we're a little out of fantasy. We're gonna get to waiver wire and you know, kind of some ideas to give you some help through the playoffs. I know Jack needs some help, apparently. And the boy here is red hot, so I'm willing to give it. But I mean, we'll, I'm pretty red hot. I just, I just, I have a lot of decisions to make you're getting, coming playoffs. You're getting nervous. and It's not that I'm nervous. Like, I have the players to do it, but I just have a feeling that I'm going to make a decision, and that player is going to score 10 points, and the person I have on my bench is going to score 25. Sure. Like, like I got the players, man. Yeah, and I am now fully satisfied in my team. I finally got a defense. Finally picked a defense up. There we go. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. By the way, I haven't played with a defense since like week eight. If you're wondering, I was gonna say, and you, I'm what eleven and one. Eleven and one. Defenses yeah. are fake in fantasy up until the last few weeks. Yeah. So, so we're rolling through it. We'll uh, we'll give some tips. We'll talk about that. We'll do uh, we'll do wave wire ads here at the end. I, I think we both just want to commiserate and talk about. Our teams right now, well, for you, maybe not commiserate. I, I don't know after I'm, that last game. I'm happy where I'm at okay. with the Bears. I mean, obviously, the losing mentality in Chicago is not the greatest, but, like, you know, the number two overall pick is pretty nice for us. I wouldn't complain about it. I, I'd totally be— Like, if we're going to be bad, let's be bad. I, let's just not be bad. Let's be miserably bad. Well, let's let's kick it over to my side here. Like you, you, you are bad, and you expect black. you expected to be what? Like uh, I expected us to be a ten a, team. Yeah, a playoff, a wild card team. Yeah. See, I I had the ex- expectation of winning six games. Yeah. See, and my expectation was this is the worst case scenario for the Bears: right. win six games and have a late, a later like top 10-ish pick. You were hoping to to still be be top 15. You wanted to be in the in the hunt graphic around Christmas yeah. time. That's yeah. what you were hoping. That's for. what I was hoping for. Yeah. But I'm entirely happy not being in the hunt um for the sake that we have the number 2 pick. Exactly. And it's not like we have the number 2 pick because we absolutely blow and suck. We've we blow and suck. We played a practice squad against the New York Jets, but at the same time, like when Justin Fields is on the field, you guys look special. We look exciting. We yep. look young. We look talented. Like 
we're losing games by, you know, just dumb shit that does that feels like it's a uh, growing pains. Feels like it's Vegas. Yeah. Feels like it's the Bears insider trading or something like purposely calling dog shit plays or Amir Smith Marset fumbling against the Vikings when we're driving down their throats. Yeah, the, like the things inside, like that. Yeah. Like yeah. missing a field goal against the Lions, like to go up seven, we yeah. go up six, like things like that, and then losing by that exact field goal. Like, see, we're losing, but we're bad. We're really bad, but we're happily bad. Yeah. I would say that most Bears fans feel this way yeah. because of what the number two pick offers us. And not only that, I have to thank your team because <sighs> them absolutely getting curb stomped by the Panthers I, gave us the number two pick. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had it. Yeah, it, I'm gonna like, lost it. Keep keep going. Get, get your time in because I'm gonna have to go for, for yeah, a couple like, minutes here to get my like. You really gave us the number out. two pick. I know because otherwise we would have been sitting around three or four, but now we're two. I mean, you guys should probably consider sinking down to probably like the five spot. Just lose out if you can, because at this point you guys have sold a fortune. Wait, you can't. You gave that pick away. Mm-hmm. That's so Seattle's I take, pick. I absolutely take that back. You yes. guys should just blow up the entire franchise really quick. Drop a nuke. Well, I mean, if, Trump style. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you want me to go, I can, I can go here. Well, I mean, let me let me get to the second yeah, yeah, pick. Yeah. This is what the positive is for Bears fans. I'll, I'll give got, you the name. We got the number 2 pick and I think I think we all agree within the Bears like fan base that there's a good shot we either take Will Anderson. That's the guy. Um there's a good shot that we take either Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, or this is my best case scenario, is the Seattle Seahawks trade up mm-hmm. to either get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud from us. Yep. Because to be honest with you, they're not gonna get it unless they're not gonna get that level of a talent quarterback unless they trade up to the Chicago Bears. Any team looking for a um for a quarterback is gonna have to trade the Chicago Bears for the number two overall pick. Because it's either going to be CJ Shroud or Bryce Young. Yep. And there's just not a world where CJ Shroud or Bryce Young don't go number one overall to the Texans. I yep. mean you can call me crazy, but I just they can't pass on a quarterback this this time around. I don't think they can. No, so I so and I don't think the Lions can, who have the number three pick. So that's that's the caveat of this whole thing is is how big of a fan of Detroit is, like how how much do they like Jared Goff? And they, I think they like Jared Goff. I think they like him, but I don't think they love him. But I'll tell you what, if I if, think they'll, I think if Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud is sitting in their lap, they're taking them. No, I'll give you I'll give you one better. It's not Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud because I think they they'd let C.J. go. Really, I'll tell you right now. If you could get Bryce Young to pair up with his buddy Jameson Williams back in town in Detroit, they're going to take that chance every single opportunity they can. But if mm-hmm. you keep, if you keep looking here, so outside of Houston and Detroit, none of these teams up here need quarterbacks. I, I don't know what Seattle's going to do. I don't know what their thought process is with Jimmy Smith. He's thought, kind of fallen back to earth. My thought is that Carolina needs one. I think Carolina is a great like suitor for the Bears. Indy needs one. I think Indy's a great one. I think, but I really honestly think Seattle might make their move because they have Geno Smith at quarterback. Don't get me wrong, Geno's look great. 
MVP he's, style. He's coming back to earth now. MVP style Gino for the first what seven weeks, eight weeks, that, something like that. that was, yeah, that's what he's looking like. But Gino Smith is elderly. I don't yes. want to say elderly, but he's he's up there in age for a quarterback. You can't build a franchise. He's thirty around. years old. Yeah, yeah, you can't build a franchise around a thirty-year-old man. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying for Bears fans is there's a good chance we trade away our second overall pick, and I wouldn't be pissed off about that. Now hear me out. If we trade it to the Seattle Seahawks, yep. we're going to still have a shot at either A, Will Anderson, mm-hmm. who I love. Yep. Or I, I, t- I told you off air, he's Von Miller. Or B, Jalen Carter. Yep. And either one of those is just going to drastically upgrade the defense. That's what you need to do. And we'll solve, solve a few problems. Not, no, not only that, if we do trade with the Seahawks. Yep. We're gonna get at least one more first round out of it. Yep. So whether it's next the the following year mm-hmm. or it's this year's fourteenth or whatever it is from the Seahawks, whatever one they have, um, I don't know what one they have. Thirteenth maybe it is. Mm-hmm. It's something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. They they I'm pretty sure they have. I know they have two from Denver. I just don't know which one it is. Yeah. Um, it's a second from Denver. I it, do think. I don't think they have our next year's. Do first. they have the eighteenth? Um, I don't know off the top of my head. But I think, re- regardless, yeah. let's let's just put it straight. Let's close our eyes and think about the team that had a great draft that turned around their team the most this year, and it's New York, the Jets, right? They took Garrett Wilson. Yeah. They took uh, the cat, the 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 linebacker. They took uh, Garrett Florida Wilson. State. They took the linebacker. They took Sauce. Yep. Um, they took Brees Hall. Right, but those first three picks were Sauce, the wide receiver, yeah. Garrett Wilson. And uh, and the cat from from Florida State, Jeremiah Johnson, sorry, mm-hmm. and completely turned around their franchise. And if you trade back that second pick, well, you have a chance to walk out with Will Anderson, that offensive lineman from no- from Northwestern, Northwestern, and one other special player to help turn around the franchise. That's what I think. And I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say that the Bears need to target the Northwestern um, Northwestern kid. I know. Uh, it Peter, just makes too much sense. Yeah, <laughs> Peter Skaronski. I don't. Okay. Bears fans, we know how this works. Yep. There's going to be a gem sitting there, and we're like, wow, you should take him, Deshaun Watson style, and you pick Mitch Trubisky. Um, so I'm not going to say they're going to take Peter Skaronsky. I wouldn't be shocked if they take um, – if Paris Johnson Jr. is still there, I wouldn't be shocked if they take him. Yeah. I would not be shocked if they take the uh, – that um, the kid from – um, Georgia, Broderick Jones yep. at O-Tackle. I like him a lot. He's a really ultra-aggressive. He's not the tallest tackle, which mm, slightly concerning, not too concerning. I mean, he's 6'4". Yeah. Ideally, I would want to see a 6'6". Six, six. Yeah, well... It, I mean, it's the NFL. You're splitting hairs. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that two inches can matter. Sometimes it can't. It's more about the the reach. Yeah. So... There you go. Um, yeah, before I go on my ramp, um, I just want you to know I've done a peace offering to you Bears fans. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, still a, I'm still an avid NCAA 14 uh, player. Um, I still love the game. I still play it on my PlayStation 3. Working on getting the mod right now to get the revamp. But uh, I have a dynasty that I started. I was the Hawaii head coach. Mm-hmm. We, won, we won two national championships on the island. Yeah. Got a job offer to take over at uh, North Carolina. In the 2016 season, one year before Mitch's miracle year. So I went ahead and started him in uh, 16, 
and then uh, started him in 17. Uh, won a Heisman Trophy in 16 in the national championship. We're on our road to uh, another Heisman, another national championship for Mitch. Mm-hmm. So my hope is that I did so good with Mitch that he's the number one overall pick and the Bears can't draft him. Just for you guys. I like it. I yeah, like it. I'm just trying to rewrite history for all you guys. Mm-hmm. All right, I, I guess it's – is it my turn? I mean, if you want to go. I mean, I'll just leave off on the whole Justin Fields. I know there's a lot of questions surrounding Justin Fields. Will they sit him the rest of the year? Yeah. Will they not? Uh, absolutely not. The second they feel that – He's going to play this week. He's healthy enough to play without further injuring himself. Yeah. Or, like – Really, like if it's a severe injury, which don't get me wrong, AC joint, separated shoulder. It's not fun. It's not fun, but at the same time. So I can see them sitting him this week. I think he plays this week. I think they want to whoop that ass. I think they want to whoop that ass, but hear me out. They sit him this week because we have a bye the following week. I know. So then you get a Justin Fields that is now three weeks of no playing, recovery, full recovery, and now he can go absolutely crazy. For fantasy, that's huge for people if absolutely. he does get to that point. Yeah. Because then you know he's fully healthy. You don't have to worry about the injury thing. Because, like, when you're a quarterback, you're taking hits to that shoulder constantly, especially a guy like him. He runs yep. a lot. So I don't think that they're going to play him unless that staff between Ryan Poles, the GM, yep. between Matt Eberflus, Coach Eberflus, yep. And between Justin Fields and the medical staff, I don't think they're going to play him if they feel that there's a harm for injury. Justin Fields is always going to say, yes, I'm okay to play. But the front office is looking at 10 years down the road. Right. Not looking at fucking beating Green Bay well, by the, one point. This is my – This is my. let me let me get you uh, my little Bears fan fiction. Okay. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you on the little Bears fan fiction. Okay. You go out there, you play Fields, and you guys beat – Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the first time you guys beat Green Bay in how long? Don't know and don't care. It's not even a rivalry anymore. That's okay. how long it's been. But everybody talks about how there's maybe a bad culture. they got to learn how to win. This is the win that turns around the culture. You beat the big bad boogeyman in the closet, and now everything starts to turn around. You rip off a couple games to end the year. Everybody goes, oh, Chicago, look out, look out, look out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I'm just... Just telling you, think about it, because it makes a lot of sense, especially if you're beating those clowns. And maybe you sit them down after the bye. I don't care, but if you can beat if you can beat Green Bay, mm-hmm. I think uh, I think everybody's going to be real excited in, in that office. But yeah, I mean, uh, the last time the Bears have beat the Green Bay Packers were 2018. That's lovely. And okay, in the past one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven. They're in the past eight times, they're seven and one. Mm hmm. The Packers are 13 and one. Jesus. 14 and two. 18 and two. 18 and three. 18, 21, 24 and three. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a hoot. 24 and 4. Um, I think you've made your point. 26 and 4. So in the past 30 times, 
the Bears are twenty six and or the Packers twenty six and four against the Bears. So the Bears have won four out of the past thirty. And before that it was the Bears were one uh seven out of ten prior to that thirty game slide, but that thirty game slide dates all the way back to <laughs> thirty game slide. <laughs> thirty game slide dates all the way back to the Bears last Super Bowl appearance. So That's lovely. Um the year after they went to the Super Bowl. So ever since the Super Bowl, it's just been crash and burn, baby. Yeah. Oh, man. Bears well, fans galore. Just just think about the state of your franchise right now, and, and then well, well, I know it's the, the state, state of mind. This is that, like, Bears fans are silently happy that the Packers are doing so shitty. Oh, yeah. it's, it's Like, we're not, like, pointing in their faces because obviously we're – literally same spot as they are yeah but they also just paid aaron Rodgers. like they like you yeah. guys just wasted money and wasted time on he's, something you could be rebuilding like we are he's gonna ride off into the sunset at but the guess what anyway. we we didn't pay no dude however much you guys paid him we didn't want like you guys should have rebuilt it and yep. you didn't yep so the bears w we might be what 24 and 26 but guess what? We just took a W this season, even though we probably lose Sunday. Hopefully we don't. Kind of want to lose just to make sure we secure that number two pick. So say Will Anderson, orange and, orange and blue, is kind of important, I think. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, orange and blue. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll open the orange with, and blue crew over here is just it, it's uh, between the two teams is just horrendous. Combined our, record our, of com- what? Our combined wins wouldn't even make the playoffs. Mm-mm. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll just open with this. Um, if the Broncos did choose to cut Russell Wilson, um, it would be a hundred and thirty nine million dollar dead cap hit. Well, just can't cut him now. So so that's locked in. Um, yeah. Uh, so we have at least four more years of Russell Wilson, and and I will maintain my sentiments that I have made um, all throughout the year, and that is uh, the person you need to blame and the person you need to cut is Nathaniel Hackett. Um, there are there are people that um, that are in the Broncos organization um, that um, have Twitter accounts that have said that well that aren't in but are around the Broncos organization because they would have lost their jobs if they said this, but um, that Nathaniel Hackett wasn't really asked a lot of questions about like uh, like football per se like mm-hmm. his ability to actually do the job of head coaching. Um, but rather um, just kind of the guy he was, the type of dude he was. Because uh, I'm going to say this, I hope you don't get mad, but Vic Fangio wasn't exactly a great dude. He just kind of was an old grandpa that just kind of sat around there with his thumb up his ass. I liked him. I liked him too. He was a great football coach, but he didn't really he didn't really inspire a lot of help around there. And I, the Broncos wanted to go the polar opposite direction and bring somebody in with energy that's young and fun. Yeah. And I think they asked an important question, which was, do you think you can get Aaron Rodgers to come here? Um, and he said, yeah. And they hired him. And so now you have a clown that doesn't know what he's doing in charge of things, uh, which is a problem. But, I mean, regardless, what sucks about the whole thing is we don't have a pick this Well, we don't have a good pick this year, and we're watching our number three overall pick, number four, whatever it's going to be, go to Seattle. And uh, I have to listen to Seahawks fans all the time. Which, if you don't know, there's a deep-seated hatred and rivalry between the Seahawks and the Broncos. They used to be division rivals. 
my dad hates the Seahawks about as much as he hates the Raiders type of type of really? deal. Yeah, they uh, they moved over from the AFC in 05. So really not big uh, big fans of each other, so I don't like them. I mean, hell, my dad calls them the shithawks still. So <laughs> take it for what's worth. It, it just sucks. Um, my dream scenario is uh, they fire Hackett. Uh, you know, tomorrow seems like a good day. Just yesterday seems like a good day, any of the days. Yeah. Um, and then promote the D.C. to the uh, interim head coach. You don't want, like, a Jeff Saturday walking in the building? You know, as uh, nice as it sounds, no. <laughs> um, if I was Indy, I did. That's the greatest scheme they've ever pulled off. They hired that guy. They hired Jeff Saturday because – this is my tangent, then I'll go back. Because if he's great at his job, more power to him. Mm-hmm. But more than likely, he was going to suck, and we saw that on the primetime game. And he's going to suck so bad that they suck their way into C.J. Shroud or Bryce Young. And he can't hurt his legacy because the only person that's going to look like the bad guy is Jim Mersey. And Jim Mersey already is a bad guy in Indianapolis because he does way too many drugs and is annoying. <laughs> so, like, it's not that big of a deal for Ursay. So we'll go back. Uh, but my dream is the D.C. takes the interim job because he's damn good at his job. And it's one of those uh, lease with the option to buy type of situations. Yeah. And he, he does well. You know, maybe they win a game or two. And he ends up being the head coach. And they bring in uh, good old Cliff Kingsbury, be the OC. That's a lot, but. I know. But he's, he's Cliff Kingsbury is going to have a, have a, he's going to be shopping for a new job this offseason. So. Let's see. I just, uh, I, I made this comment before. Um, I. My brother and I bitched for about a two hours on the ride home from uh, Chicago together on the phone. And when you bring in Russell Wilson and you don't let him have any input on who his coach is going to be, mm-hmm. it's kind of a problem. They hired yeah. they hired Hackett before they had brought in Russ, and I don't think they're gelling. I don't think they understand each other, and uh, I don't think they're listening to each other either. I mean, when that defensive lineman motherfucked Russ on the sideline. That was, that was <laughs> quite funny. I I actually appreciated it out of Russ and the guy, or Purcell, Mike Purcell. He's uh, actually no some of his, some of his family. Dude's a fucking competitor, but like Russ came out afterwards and was like, I appreciate it. We want to win. We mm-hmm. both want to win. I feel the same way. I want to motherfuck people too. Where Hackett just kind of stood there awkwardly, like, oh shit. It was like at Thanksgiving when your uh, when your conservative uncle starts to fight with your, your liberal sister, you yeah. know, and you just kind of sit there, you're like. This is awkward. I... Oh, shit's hitting the fan. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, dude, your job is to handle this shit. Yeah. You're the head goddamn coach. It, I, I I feel for you guys, but at the same time, it's like kind of to yourself. I know. I just, uh, I hope that... It sucks being fans, because we all feel like we could be GMs, but... Yeah. I, and and to be fair, I, I, the only difference I would have made this offseason is I would have hired Dable, not Hackett. I think looking back, everybody would have. I I've been on. I was on the Dable train for a while. My my choice is like the Bears. Like when they hired, yeah, uh, Eberflus. I was just like, wow, who is this dude? Yeah, like we all kind of like everybody in the league raised an eyebrow as to yeah. who is this guy. But I was like, you know what? It's what it is, man. He's been doing. I don't like. I don't dislike what Eberflus has been doing. I, I think, think he that should. he's he's been good. I think he's trying to reinvigorate a culture of a winning team. Yeah, which, which is hard. It's very hard, and it's here's the thing: when you're in big cities, yeah, with 
fan bases like the Chicago Bears have, it's really, really hard to keep a fan base happy. It is. And he's got a team that's went has won, what, three games? Mm-hmm. And he's doing a decent job at keeping a fan base happy. Which is impressive. Which, I don't even know if I'd say impressive. It's like... Shocking. Like, shocking. Because yeah. never have I ever, in my life, my almost 20 years of life of being a Bears fan, have I ever had other Bears fans say, like, yeah, just be patient. Like, yeah, doesn't like, exist. We're going to wait for this rebuild. Yep. Like, in Ch- the Chicago sports world, that doesn't exist. When the Bulls said that to us, everyone was like, you know what? Well, like, then they tried to do rebuilding on the fly. Yeah, ownership needs to go. Yeah. White Sox are, White Sox said it. Ownership needs to go. Yep. Blackhawks are doing it. Everyone, ownership needs to go. Cubs, Cubs are doing it. Oh, ownership needs to go. The yeah. Rickets need to go. Like that's what. Like we don't have the patience for this shit. And we're so now you know what we're doing. We're taking all of our anger out on the four other teams in the city. Yep. And we're using our patience on the Bears. On the on the little kids. Yeah. 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 So you know what? We'll take it. Like yep. it's just. The circle of life of being a Chicago sports fan is like you'll get so close to a championship and then you'll just spread cheeks and forget what you're doing. Fair enough. Yeah. It's, well, it's horrendous. Yeah. It's let's, horrendous. let's roll into waiver wire pickups. Um, this week sucks for waiver wire pickups. Yeah, there's not, I don't, I don't have much for it. I have one and I, I'll give you guys um, uh, who it is. It is actually a defense. Nice. I like um, it. So, I mean, I'm not one to be like, oh, go grab this defense. Like I can give you know a what? shit about a defense. For for playoffs, it makes a lot of sense because sometimes that extra couple points is going to be the difference. I'm all for stashing defenses and making defensive plays yeah. at this time of year. So. so who I think the more valuable defense out on waivers is, and I think that Everybody should take a look at them as the New York Jets. They're rostered in 43% of sleeper leagues. Um, and let me just give you a – I think they're probably one of the better defenses in the league right now. Yep. Um, if you go and look at what they've done starting week four, they put up 13 points in week four. Yep. After week four, the lowest amount of points they've put up is seven. And that's for a defense. That's really impressive. So week four all the way to week 12, and they've only put up single-digit points in three weeks from um, week four to week 12. So, yeah. I mean, including a bye. Mm-hmm. So I, if, if you ask me, that's fairly impressive because you got – five weeks of double-digit points coming from a defense. Absolutely. And when you go and you look at this fantasy schedule, you got Minnesota and Buffalo, right? Yep. Okay. You can literally just bite the bullet on them. I don't think they struggle with Minnesota as much as we think. No. And I wouldn't, like, they when they played Buffalo earlier in the year, they, as a defense, they put up 12 points. Right. So it's not like I'm concerned about those I, high-powered offenses. Then for playoff weeks, this is where it's important. Yep. Waiver wire ad. 100%. Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle. Look at that. That's that's championship ring me, baby. 100%. 100%. Like, so I would go and get the Jets defense just because you can expect probably 10 points out of them. Absolutely. And they're the number six defense overall, only rostered in 43% of leagues. I think they should be rostered in damn near every league. If you're 
if you have a defense, that's the defense you should be starting. Yeah. Because I firmly believe they're probably the best defense. Yeah. And, I mean, I might be wrong, but I'm just letting you guys know. That's who I think the best defense is. Fair enough. Uh, so for the first time in the show's history, after uh, my horrific start to the year, um, started 0-5, we've rolled this thing around. Mm-hmm. Um, I am now... Sitting at the four seed, six and six, five hundred. Yep, we we're both at five hundred or above for the first time, history of the podcast. So I have learned to love and live on the waiver wire, baby. Yeah, and I've made a living there. I've, I've found a lot of spot starts, a lot of good guys. Um, with that being said, I am now addicted to the waiver wire, and I am going to talk through. He lives on the waiver wire. I do. He's I, got like four hundred different. I have ten claims. Ideas. I've added. Yeah. I've added two claims since we've been talking. Perfect. So um, I will. Uh, I'll, I'll coach through it. We'll start wide receiver because I think wide receiver is the simpler of all the uh, cluster fucks going on this year or this week. Uh, number one, he's rostered in sixty percent of sleeper leagues. But if he's there, or no, he's rostered in thirty-eight. I'm sorry, Zay Jones. Zay Jones. Bottom line, if he's there, take him. Uh, he is rostered in our league. Uh, we have a pretty sharp league. Yeah. But I, I've played Zay. Did I play Zay Jones this week? Who has him? Mason? Mason. Yeah, he left him on the bench and he had like, what, 27.25 or yeah. 24 or something. Bench warmer of the week, it's 27 and a half. Yeah. 11 for 14, 145 yards and a two point conversion. Yeah. He is, uh, he's a bad man. And Trevor Lawrence seems to be ascending and yeah. he likes to throw it to Zay Jones. They have chemistry. So he's a guy that if he's available, um, Pick him up, get him. He should be your guy. Mm-hmm. Um, that is my wide receiver that I would pick up this week. Um, in terms of like a guy that needs that I could spot start. Yeah, we're gonna go to the trap wide receivers now because there are a lot of trap wide receivers, and I'm gonna talk through them. Okay, number one trap wide receiver is Mac Collins. Guy had a touchdown on a flea flicker. Okay, <laughs> and he was out on the field quite a bit. A lot of people are going to jump at him just because the touchdown made his points look good, and he had a couple good games at the start of the year. Mm -hmm. Stay away from him. He's a guy that I don't think is going to produce that same amount of level. Um, Next guy that probably that's that's a trap, but he's on my waiver claims, is Mr. Elijah Moore. Um, Should be available in a lot of leagues. You like Um, it because of Mike White? I like it because of Mike White. Mike White throws him the ball. Um, Let's see, he's rostered in 29% of leagues. If he's there, add him. But he took 38% of the snap share, which is the the bugaboo question. Yeah, He's not a guy, to me, that you can start this week. But he's definitely a guy that I would throw on my bench, especially headed into the playoffs. A lot of leagues don't have waivers through the playoffs. So yeah. if that's the case, get him on your bench. Get him now. He's worth the spot on the bench. And he could definitely grow into a guy that is consistently a flex play for you moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um there's another trap wide receiver I had. Oh, he's right in front of me. It's good old Richie James. I just don't want to touch any of the any of the Giants wide receivers at this point to me are just bad news bears. They seem to be playing Bangers. worse. Yeah. They're getting worse. Um, the other one to keep in mind, too, is Isaiah McKenzie. If he's available, I'd be interested. He's taking 80% of the snaps, which is the only reason he's out of the trap list. But yep. he's a guy that could show up and score – dick load of points or you could put up a goose egg so you're dancing with the devil but he's got an 80% snap share so he's off my trap list 
So wide receiver is tough. Sucks if you have a need there. Uh, let's go to the fun one because this is a fun one. Um, if you've ever wanted to know what it's like to swim around in the ocean at night, <laughs> this is what it's like is trying to figure out the running back waiver wire this week. Yep. So number one, if he's available in your league, um, check Brian Robinson. If he's there, take yeah. him. Melvin Gordon, somebody dropped him after he got cut. He got signed by Kansas City. He's probably going to be the lead back through this whole thing. And they have a really, really juicy playoff schedule. Yeah. He's a guy I would add. Damn, I did drop Melvin Gordon that long ago. Yeah, your boy Bach picked him up already. I know. Yep. It is what it is. So we'll roll on through. I will read this in the order of my waiver claims because yeah. this my technique is I have taken all these guys and I have put them in the order that I value them. And they're all being dropped for the same guy. And however this whole thing shakes out is mm-hmm. how it's going to shake out. Yeah. So number one, first guy for me um, in this whole menagerie list is Jordan Mason, the running back in San Francisco. Yep. Um, I have Christian McCaffrey. He has knee soreness, which obviously is a little bit concerning when you're talking about Christian McCaffrey. If CMC's healthy, great. Um, yeah. I think they're probably going to take some of his workload away. Um, yep. And this is gonna, Mason's going to be the guy to take it. Um, he's been a special teamer. He's been a contributor. He's the guy. Uh, the other cat there uh, was a healthy scratch, a lot of it due to the, like special team stuff. Mm-hmm. But still, I would rather take – oh, there goes my keys. <laughs> uh, I would rather take uh, Mason all the way. Next guy on my list, and I think he's probably going to be the top waiver pickup for most people this week, mm-hmm. um, is going to be Zonham Knight, the cat – Filling in for good old Michael Carter. Michael Carter has a low ankle sprain, so he should miss like a week. Yeah. Is the word on the street. Um, he's my next guy. He tore it up PPR-wise at the end of that game. He, he looked good. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have Christian McCaffrey, he would be my top claim this week outside of the Brian Robinson-Elijah Moore combo. Yeah. Just because those guys have more tape in terms of players they are. Next guy I'm going is uh, J.K. Dobbins. More of a stash move here. J.K. Dobbins, I like it. They have a softer playoff schedule, and he's coming back healthy off IR. Well, they say healthy, and they then say he'll they... find himself back hurt. Yeah. He always does. They always do. So, But if he's available, he's my guy. Um, bottom line. The other part with the Zodham Night news is James Robinson was a healthy scratch. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, again, due to special teams. He just didn't have a special teams role. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye that if James Robinson's available in your league, He's going to be the guy that steps in and takes the majority of that share. It's not yeah. going to be as much as on him night. That's what I was thinking um, so, when you were mentioning it. Uh, I like James Robinson. I think it's a little questionable with his so-called injury. You know, you never know. I, you don't I, know. Yeah. It, I, there's a lot of chess that gets played between teams. Yes. So they don't disclose a lot of it. And when they just say, oh, he's inactive. Mm-hmm. Well, inactive for what? Healthy scratch? Well, what's healthy scratch mean? Yeah. Like, he might have had hamstring soreness, but let's just call it a healthy scratch. You yeah. know what I mean? We, we've we seen this this movie before, and, and specifically, like, with it's, the commanders this year. It's more with a quarterback. Typically, yeah. you see it more with quarterbacks, but I guess yeah. running backs are there, too. Just in terms of, like, like, Antonio Gibson was so in the doghouse that he was getting healthy scratched at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And now he's kind of that dude. And when Robinson wasn't playing well, they took him off the healthy, healthy scratch and he came in and balled. So well, yeah, he, I think that's going to be another he had theme. He's positioned to earn back. So. Yeah, 100%. So 
we'll go to the next uh, barrel of monkeys, and that's the Pittsburgh running back room. Um, so number one, I don't think I don't think Najee's going to play the rest of the year. I'm just yeah, I, I think, think he's got a hernia. I think he's just. It doesn't matter what he is. I think they just want to he, wipe I, the slate clean with him right I now. I think he just needs a year off. Yeah. Go grub out like Eddie Lacy did for a little bit, <laughs> and then get back in the weight room and get back on the field moving around a little more. Uh, he just hasn't looked good this year. No. And I don't really think you can blame his O-line or the scheme. No. Because the running backs, when they come in, they look well. They, they, they perform well. They look po- yeah. Jalen Warren's looked better than him most year. Even Benny Snell came in and looked pretty good. Yes. I mean, I I don't know what it is. Najee's just shiftiness that is not there. Yeah, his foot seems to be banged up still. Uh, his wanting to run people over is not there. really there. He kind of like catches the ball and he looks, and then he looks to see how far he is away from the sideline. Pretty like much. he tries to get out. Like every time you watch him, you're like, damn. Come on, Najee, you had a first down. Yep. You're over here. Catch the ball. You literally got to make one guy miss, but instead you're stepping out of bounds. Yep. So, yeah. It's, uh, I think they're going to set him down the rest of the year and, and tell him to go to Mexico early and just clear his head. I wouldn't be shocked if they did. Um, yeah, we'll see with him. Yeah. So So this 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 backfield now becomes the biggest you got to shoot your shot because yeah. we don't know if Jalen Warren's going to be healthy enough to play. Yeah. If he is, he's the dude. Absolutely. I I don't even hate Benny uh, Snell, to be fair. So that's the next part is I like Benny Snell, too, between him and Anthony McFarlane. See, I also like McFarlane. McFarlane looked great, too. Yeah. I like the entire the – the depth in that backfield is pretty impressive. Yeah. So they all looked really good when they got the ball in their hands. When I go between Benny Snell and Anthony McFarlane, uh, which is a pick some people are going to have to make, I have Jalen Warren behind J.K. Dobbins. They're next on my list. Yeah. Um, the Steelers have just had a boner for Benny Snell. Uh-huh. Like, since he's been there, he's always been the guy that gets that second set of reps. Yeah. So to me, he's he's going to be their lead back. But if you're in full point PPR, Anthony McFarlane will be just as good an option. Just Benny Snell is going to get the goal line carries. Yep. So it's kind of a stash or start or spot start question. If you have a spot start, it's Benny Snell. If yeah. it's a stash, I think it's McFarlane. Yep. So then my next one I'll roll to um, Kansas City's defense. I don't really care about defense. We'll move on. Uh, Amir Abdullah. I don't know if Josh Jacobs is going to play. Um, I, I don't. Um, he is banged up, but he did run for 300 yards. I wish I had insider info. Then I would give it to you guys, but we don't. We don't. Um, so, I mean, Amir Abdullah looked good when he got yep. when, he, when he touches the ball. He always kind of looks good. He's also a lot more of a receiving threat than Josh Jacobs is. So yep. um, PPR-wise, it's pretty valuable. Yep. And so the, the choice you have to make there is Amir White or Amir Abdullah. Um, Zamir White's the big goal line back from Georgia. Again, goal line carries. I just I saw more of Amir Abdullah look better in that role, mm-hmm. which is why I went with the PPR option over the goal line option, similar yeah. to the Pittsburgh question. Yeah. And I've seen Amir Abdullah do... The, I mean, it's a PPR nightmare for before. me. It's a it's a toss up because basically you're gambling on is he going to catch the ball four times, five times out of the backfield? Yep. Or you're going to gamble on um, White getting the ball on the goal line? Yep. Getting a touchdown. So it's really just a gamble on do you want the touchdown or do you think the catches are coming out of the backfield are more valuable? And I'm personally, I'm probably going to go with the catches. Me too. Just because 
I think goal line wise, if they do get to the goal line, they'll find a way to sneak Hunter Renfro a little arrow route or throw the fade ball to Devonta. Matt Collins too. There's just enough. Yeah, there's a lot of sneaky. Yeah, sneaky ways that the Raiders find to find a way to get the ball in and not give it to the running backs if it's not Josh Jacobs in. Yeah, I I agree. I think they're just gonna get smart. The other part of this is. They didn't sh- sign Josh Jacobs to the fifth-year extension last year, mm-hmm. which is not this regime's fault. But regardless, I could see a world where he might not be 100%. He might not even be 70%, and they go, fuck it, let's squeeze this berry for all it's worth. Yeah. And just yeah. let it rock. Yeah. Yep. Fair enough. Any other resounding things you have today? Not off the top of my head. Oh, I did want to do a little segment going over. Uh, Please. These uh, little. So I don't know, like on Instagram, okay. if any of you guys follow um, the Hurdles account. Okay. They posted like strangest um, stats from the NFL this year, like strangest things. Okay. And I just wanted to scroll through these slides and we'll talk over them really quick. So okay. the first one. The Bills just won back-to-back games in Detroit. The Lions haven't allowed that since 2016. <laughs> People haven't won back-to-backs. Like, that's crazy. That is crazy. Considering it's the Lions and they lose. And how bad they've been. Exactly. For however that for that period of time. Yeah. yeah. Now this one's hilarious. Jacoby Brissett dropped back and threw his next 200 passes into Lake Erie. He would still have a higher passer rating than Baker Mayfield this season. Goodness gracious. And. Baker Mayfield thought he was going to be Hemothy when he got to Carolina, and he did. Now he's what damn near Sam Darnold's backup. No, damn near Sam Darnold. Is Sam Darnold starting this week? That's what I heard. He started against the Broncos and looked like he deserved another shot after that game. Like, um, here's another one. It's Week Twelve. Oh, this one hurts your soul. It's Week Twelve, and Carson Wentz still has more passing TDs. Ten. Then Russell Wilson, seven. Oh, Carson Wentz hasn't played football since week six. I have a fun stat later when you when you get done with yours on, on Russell Wilson's passing touchdowns. Oh, there's he's got more bathrooms in his house, that one. Yeah, I saw four. That. Four more bathrooms in he's his house. He's got 12 bathrooms in his house or whatever. And, eight passing touchdowns. And eight passing touchdowns. Yeah, this was released a few days there's ago. A guy, so. There's a guy on TikTok that's tracking it. Yeah. Um, Kid's famous. <laughs> now, this is a crazy stat. Now, this one we'll talk about a little bit. Okay. Matthew Stafford has targeted a white receiver on 94% of his pass attempts this season. That's insane. This is the highest since 1966 merger. Goodness gracious. Like, well, I don't know what that really, like, does Cooper Cup really get that amount of, of, of a target share? Or are all the Rams wide receivers white? Um, like, yes, I was thinking about it. Like, it's just the answer is yes to both of those. Because Cooper Cup, when he's in the game, gets targeted like 16 times a game. Yeah. And then you got... Uh, ben Skoranek, Tyler Higby. Yeah. Um, and then and then Allen Robinson's the only African-American white receiver. And Dan Jefferson's been hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was like, wow, then, that's a, like... That's just not a stat. Like, 94%. Like, that's a huge number. Well, what's crazy is, like, their offense is so – it's such a variation of, like, the the West Coast that a guy like Cooper Cup is just constantly open, and that's why they throw it there so much. But everybody likes to imagine it's just that, you know, 
Matt Stafford may be a little racist. He did go to Georgia. Yeah. Here's another one that you'll love, and you'll love it for good reasons. Oh, good. Thank God. So I know you're a part of Tuanon. So Live support. We expect us. So I changed my fantasy name. I'll let you talk about this one. Please. Since being knocked out unconscious first, the Bengals, and yep. told he should retire from football, Tua Tagovailoa has thrown for— Pause. Rewind. Please refer to him by one of his nicknames. Oos. Oos. Or Big Arm Tua, please. I would prefer Big Arm Tua. I, I just can't call him Big Arm Tua. Uh, that's his nickname, uh, and Tua is listening. Okay, Big Arm Tua. Thank you. The lucky lefty. Expect us. Um, has thrown for 1,230 yards and 10 touchdowns since being knocked down unconscious against the Bengals. Uh, yeah. Uh, is that due to competition, or is he actually like that? I think he's actually like that. I, I think this is the biggest. I've long said this, and it's my whole argument with the Broncos. It's my whole argument. There's two teams I point to constantly when I make this argument. And, you know, obviously Tua is a great player and mm-hmm. will win the MVP in many, many Super Bowls in this league. Um, okay. But now we're now we're stretching. Expect Tuna us. On. I'm sorry, but we're stretching. I, dude, all I know is I've watched a lot of tune on videos in the world, and I don't want to fuck with those guys. I'm on their <laughs> side. Um, regardless, I'm on their side, but there might just be a stretch. <laughs> Expect us. Um, I'm not a fan of Tua, or I wasn't, but I'm starting to like him some more. Yeah, and it was ever since he had that whatever effect when he was throwing up gang signs. <laughs> That don't even get me started. There's some funny stories there. Yeah. But <laughs> regardless, um, Tua looked like he was on his way out from Miami. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And Justin Fields looked like he was on his way out from Chicago. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, we bring around coaches whose heads aren't squarely up their ass. And all of a sudden, Tua's an MVP front runner. Yeah. And Justin Fields looks like he's going to be the next Cam Newton, Michael Vick. So. Ooh. That's scary. I'll, I'll say it. I mean, Cam Newton, Michael Vick is scary just because, you know, last thing I need to see is a Cam Newton turn, like Justin Fields turn into a Cam Newton, be hurt, and forget how to throw the ball sometimes and fumble the ball other times. Anyways, it's just, point. Just think about the MVP should have won a Super Bowl, Cam Newton. That's There's, the version you want in your head. Yeah. But regardless, it shows you how important coaches are to players. And why Russell Wilson sucks so bad is because Nathaniel Hackett is a goober. Oh, yeah. And this will this next fact will play exactly into that. Let's go. I love fitting my narratives. The Broncos would be 9-1 right now yep. if they scored just how many points do you think it is? I actually know the stat. They would be 9-2 and two if they'd scored 18 points in every single game. Bing, bingo. This was before these yeah, games yeah. this week. So, yep. I mean, some of the numbers are a little skewed or not. Updated, I should say, because I'm sure most of them are still pretty accurate. Yep, for the most part. So, uh, <laughs> another Broncos just shit on me stat, uh, dude. They've they've been horrifically bad. They the Lions' them. Week One backup running back currently has the same number of touchdowns as the entire Broncos' offense. Love that, dude. So Jameson Williams, or yeah. not Jameson Williams, Jamal Jamal Williams. Yeah. Well, to be fair, the dude get he's. Got three games this year with two touchdowns or more. I know. Well, he's the leading touchdown scorer for running backs in the league. So. Yeah. And, yeah. And the Broncos seem to be playing offense blindfolded. So, Here's another one. Mm-hmm. 
Tua Tagovailoa, the goat, is now fourteen and one mm-hmm. in the last fifteen games. He started and finished. MVP, big arm Tua. Okay. I, I just use the nicknames I've been given from my overlords at two and on. Now, this is one that satisfies yours truly. Oh. Devontae Adams, Packers let walk. I Jamal Williams, Packers spent a second rounder to replace. And let walk. Yep. Now have more touchdowns this season than the entire Packers offense. Packers, what, what happened? And the picture that goes along with it is just Aaron Rodgers with his head down. That looks, you know, if he wasn't high all the time. Wow. This is wild. Okay. Justin Tucker's career field goal percentage from 50-plus yards mm-hmm. is 74%. Yep. I know that number, actually. Which is higher yeah. than LeBron James's career free throw percentage. That's insane. Think about that. LeBron. I have I'm, a, I'm I have a LeBron st- hater. I have a story for you. LeBron. You suck. I'm also a LeBron hater. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, before, uh, before our previous coaching staff was relieved of duty, yeah, um, they had encouraged us to join a mentoring program, and I, and I did so. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm a mentor, and the young man I'm mentoring um, came to me today and informed me that he thought Justin or Justin Tucker was garbage. Really? And his math teacher was there, and we got in a long argument about how Justin Tucker is not garbage. And so how now, old are they? Seventh, eighth grade? Seventh grade. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's 13. And, uh, and, I was, and he was like, yeah, he missed that 67-yarder. I was like, you mean the record that yeah. he, he set in Detroit? And he goes, but the wind was at his back. I was like, no, no, no. He was in a dome. He set that record. Mm-hmm. So now he has a project to find all of Justin Fields' percentages and share them Justin to the class. Tucker. Justin Tucker, my bad. <laughs> Yeah, all Justin Tucker's percentages and share them to his class because they're working on percentages right now. Oh. So I was like, oh, there you go, synergy. Yeah. But, yeah, I got in an argument with a 13-year-old about how great Justin Tucker was. Yeah. The, the statement I made, and I'll, I'll make it on, on air so that it's, uh, it's available and that will follow me for the rest of my life. If every single player in the NFL right now was released and we had a fantasy draft like in Madden, mm-hmm. Justin Tucker would be a top three-round pick. You really think so? I really think so. I would even argue if it's if it's one of those like smart teams, like one of those like New England teams, like teams like that, the real smart organizations, mm-hmm. they take him in the first round. That's wild to me. I don't know if they would. If it was a snake draft, yeah, because that's the only way it would be fair is if they did it as a snake draft. But if it was a snake draft and like New England had the thirtieth pick, they would totally take Justin Fields and then wrap around in the second and take a real player. Mm-hmm. Not to say that Justin Tucker's not a real player, but yeah, I mean, but just I'm just telling you right now, they would do it. I mean, I like Justin Tucker, you know. Yeah, he's just a uh, what's he call himself? A, um, he's a weapon. Not a weapon. What was he saying? I don't uh, remember. It was something about his kicking process. He's like a, a system kicker. Oh yeah. So I'm just a system kicker. Yeah. Go like, oh, bullshit. Yeah. Not a system kicker. <laughs> what kind of what system, system kicker <laughs> makes 75% of their field goals over 50 yards? No yeah. system kicker. Yeah. Cause if it was just a system, man, you'd be worth a lot of money teaching all that, teaching that system to every system in the NFL. Yeah. Every organization in the NFL would pay you millions of dollars. Yeah. To not lose games on field goals. Well, Tom Brady's a system quarterback. Changed my mind. So, I just don't believe that there's a system kicker. There's like, not. It's a joke. He's he's pulling everybody's leg. Like he can't he can't walk around and be like, 
yeah, I'm the greatest kicker that's ever lived. So he's got to come up with a funny line. Yeah, true. But at the same time, he could actually believe he's a system kicker. Because when you think about it, his steps don't change. Nope. Nothing changes. Like, he does everything the same. So technically, mm-hmm. in his mind, it could really just literally be a system. Yeah. He doesn't make a read. No. You walk up to the ball and you, you boot the thing. It, like, his, his foot's seven iron. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's got a... He's got a damn three wood on his foot. Like yeah. he's got a driver. <laughs> he's got the bazooka driver yeah. on his foot. Like no kidding. And that's what I'm saying. Like there could be system position players that like. Yeah. But system kicker, like as much of a system as kicking is. Yeah. A science. He he might actually have a system in his head. Sure. Makes sense. He doesn't get psyched out. No, that dude's just. He's rock solid. He's like he's okay. Mariano Rivera going up. So if I'm taking. Somebody like not to fold. There's a gun to my head. Yeah, and I need someone not to fold. It's Justin Phil- Justin, Justin Tucker. Tucker to make a 50 yard field goal. 100%. Not even a 50 yard field goal. Like literally, if I tell someone something, yeah, and like I don't need someone to snitch. Yeah, Justin Tucker. He doesn't fold under pressure. No, See, like, like I, honestly, like he doesn't fold under pressure. I would maybe take Steph Curry to hit a three, but who are you taking? Steph Curry. Save your life, Steph Curry to hit a three. Mm-hmm. Justin Tucker, field uh, fifty yard plus field goal. We'll call it fifty five because I think that makes it more fair. Yeah, because what Curry shoots is it a live in game three pointer? Is the question live in game, or is he just standing there and hits the three? Just standing there. Then I'm taking Curry. Really? If he's just standing in, in live in game, then I'm taking Tucker. But like both accounts, like one's live in, like they're both live in game. Yep. I'm taking Tucker. If it's they're both. Just screwing around. I'm taking mm-hmm. Curry. Really? Here's my reason why. Defense in the NBA could screw him. Like, he could get fouled and it's all over. I'm dead. Yeah. Right? The field goal is not going to get blocked, and he's going to can the thing. But if they're, like, warming up, Curry doesn't miss warm-ups, and he's in a, an enclosed space. So the wind can't affect him. There's less variables. Okay. That's my... There I like you go. it. I mean, I, I kind of like it. Now, to save your life, yeah, you have 100 pitches to strike out, and I'll be better. Okay. I saw this one on Twitter or something. It's like you have 100 pitches to strike out, and I'll be better. Okay. Or you have 100 at-bats, obviously against the defense, mm-hmm. to get a hit against an MLB pitcher. Okay. So- now, you weigh it in. Mm-hmm. And you think that's really three, at least 300 pitches you get to see as a batter. Yep. So you're like, damn, I should, I should be able to take three, at least, it's not at least 300 because if you're swinging on the first strike, but I'm saying like at least 100 pitches you'll see. Yep. Hopefully if you're, you're good with your, your count, you can get to 300. So I'm saying like, do you think... And it's not on base. It's a hit. So yeah. it's not like you can get walked. I can't walk. Yeah. No. A walk just voids. So here's my question is. Me and my brother play this game with each other all the time. Yeah, like, so what would you do? So do me and my brother. Um, so. I'm going to be honest. I'm probably, I'm, t- I'm betting on myself, boys, no matter what. I'm stepping up there. And I, I think if you gave me 100 looks at 94 miles an hour. Like, just because I've played baseball before, I've hit 90, 92 before. Yeah. Obviously not at the level of a MLB pitcher by any means. Like, right. Like a high school straight 
four seam, two seam fastball straight down the middle with a little tail wiggle at the end to it. Mm-hmm. Like I've been able to hit that, not at a crazy rate though. Like it's hard to see. So here's, here's it's really hard to see. Like it's like, and plus you're in the box and you're like, damn, if I get hit, this could be my life. Yeah. Like those balls come fast and. It's damn near you guess when you're swinging. I'm gonna be honest. Like anything ninety yeah. plus for me at least when I like I'm in high school. I was like, what junior? Yeah, I'm over here. Like you're literally guessing. You you don't even time it up because you know as soon as it leaves his hand, you already got to be in progress to even get your bat speed there. Right. So I'm betting on myself. I think I could squeak one through second and first base because I'm gonna be insanely early or insanely oh, yeah. late. Hundred percent. Like. I'm probably ripping one down the line. You're hitting a gapper, yeah. Yeah, it's it's gonna be insanely lucky. So here, so here's here's. I don't think I'm, I can strike out a batter. I'm I don't be think honest, I can I'm, either. I, they're taking me yards, unless probably. You, unless you have unlimited amount of balls, no chance. Yeah. Right. Like I can't throw a ball more than seven times without my arm going numb. Yeah, that's my other thing. Is my shoulder would probably fall right out of socket. Yeah. But I'm saying like, what do you think you could do? So I have not played baseball since I was eight years old. Um, I retired in my coach pitch days, um, so I have actually never seen a live pitch. Mm-hmm. So, so I'll open with that. Never swung on a live pitch either. Not even in a like a batting cage. No, not even in a batting cage. Mm. Now, batting cages mess with your brain too. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, those things make 72 look like 140. Yeah, just the big yellow ball comes straight at your dome. You're like, what is this? It's moving <laughs> all different ways, and it's not even supposed to. It's supposed to be a straight fastball. You got it. Moon curve, slurve, werve, <laughs> freaking touches Antarctica and comes back to you. Yeah, but so what? I, what I'll say is, I did play lacrosse at a very, very competitive level. Yeah, and high school, most kids are shooting a hundred at that point mm-hmm. with a plastic white ball, very exact same size as a baseball, just a hundred percent white. And I, and I had to track those and catch those uh, at times, jump in front of them, get in their way, you know. Yeah, I've 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 had to track them before. So you um, think there's a there's a shot you can use the barrel to catch the? Uh, what? Yeah. What I'm saying is I'd have to go straight lacrosse here because my swing is going to be hot garbage. It's going to be a bunt. I think I'm going to be able to track the sucker because it's going to be coming out at the same speed a lacrosse ball was. Yeah. And now I got red stitching on it to help me track it. Yeah. So I like my odds better there. It's going to be a bunt that goes down the third base line that that he. Bumbles Bobbles. up the the grab, and they're like, eh, "Is it there or not?" Eh. One yeah. of those. Yeah, that's that's what it's gonna be. It's crazy. Yeah, as long as they don't get to play with a shift, I think I'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. How about Team USA today? How about? Did you watch them or no? I, I did. I did. Yeah. Um, dude, sucks to be Iran, because they're gonna probably go to jail now. Did you see their families were getting death threats? Yeah. Well, I I was reading about it. Because everybody says, like, it really sucks when you're a Middle Eastern team and you lose. And I was like, oh, can you? I'm curious. Apparently, they're, like, protesting all over the country right now. Mm-hmm. And Oh, yeah, I saw something about them protesting. Yeah, and, like, the general public hates the national team because they view them as, like, a symbol of the regime. And then they didn't sing the national anthem in the first game. So now the regime hates them because they see them as part of the protest. So they're, like, stuck in the middle yeah. of all of Iran's, like, problems. <laughs> yeah. And they're probably going to go to get jail or get killed, and it's like, dude. All over some soccer. Yeah, I, I'm like, but I kind of feel bad. But If USA would have lost, that would have just been. Oh, it would have been down bad. 
What about? I don't even know. Yeah. Like where do you like USA? Where USA? Yeah. We just can't produce soccer athletes. No, it's our like, fifth most popular sport. There's that argument that we waste our soccer athletes on other sports, and I w- I would like to agree with it, but at the same time, I certainly think that we have the athletes that maybe we just aren't elevated to that level yet. I read a book a couple of years ago called Soccernomics. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I read it, but I read it. I think it was given to me for a Christmas present. Yeah. And Typical book from... I think it was from my grandma. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. about the gifts you get. Yep, and it, it was a very good book, actually. It probably is. Yeah, and the thing they said that... And they used the United States as an example because, you know, everybody claims, like, our best athletes don't do it, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. The only correlation there is to success on the national on the world scale mm-hmm. and things that a, pro, a, a national soccer program can do is the amount of spending that they have. Yeah. The more money you put into soccer, it doesn't matter the athletes you have, you will be good. And like Brazil was their prime example. Like Brazil historically wasn't great. Yeah. But they put the money and the time into it, and now Brazil is a power. Yeah. Um, so the more money we put into soccer, the better off it's going to be. And that's, I mean, just the bottom line. Yeah. I. There's also just, so, like there's not a pro soccer league in America. Where every other country they have their we have the MLS. Are we calling that pro? That's like amateur in my eyes. Normally, I would agree with you, but like it's okay. They're getting close. They're closer getting closer because and they're going to get messy. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, because they pay them real money. They get to live in America, but you know what the fourth most popular league for a player to come from the World Cup was? Was the MLS? The MLS. I believe that, but like in America, that's an amateur league. Yeah. That's sure. like our MLB like minors. Yeah, it has about the same amount of attendance, but it it doesn't matter. It's it's all about TV contracts, money you spend, and, and the guys that you have on the field. Yeah, I mean, how many times have you seen an MLS game on TV though? I watched the Rapids once. That's the Colorado team. Yeah. Okay. So once we used to play the the youth lacrosse state championship in their in their stadium. Yeah. So, yeah. Like it's in America, soccer is just not a real. It's soccer. It's not football. It's not a. You just you rest your case there. Yeah, but I just hope that the real football, not football, yeah. like the real football, gets football. more yeah. worldwide. We'll see. I think it, uh, they're trying. You can tell the NFL is trying to expand it to get to that. Yeah, um, it's good for business dimension. Yeah. But it would be nice just to, you know, like the NBA kind of style where it's mm-hmm. still. I don't want to call it an American sport because NBA really has gone pretty. It's international now. Yeah, especially but, with the way teams play, the space and pace. That's very European. Oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. yeah. I 100 percent agree. But I'm saying like I would like to see the football world get to like the NBA level where it's still an American base sport. Like base the best league in the entire world is America. Is America right? And the tradition is still like American tradition rules. Like yep. Like, I mean, in the NBA, we saw a few tweaks to the rules with the Euro steps, with the, um, the like, the fat, like the fast break fouls, I forgot. Like, yeah. the where you give foul, yeah. and you just foul them. Um, like, things like that, mm-hmm. that take fouls. But, and I'm, I would just, I just want football to get bigger. Me like, too. not, like. I want it to get bigger so that I can kick the Brits' ass in it, and when they talk about nonsense, I can just be like, well, how about the Broncos whooping your guys' ass and exactly. Hotspur, Tottenham I would Stadium. like to see, yeah, like I wish there was like another league. 
like an overseas league, all the overseas teams, like all the overseas countries can make their own sets of teams. And America plays, American NFL teams mm-hmm. play the very best of their teams. It's not a bad idea. Like, tell me that wouldn't be cool. Like, it would be dope. It would be entirely cool. And you can call them like your countrywide teams, but like mm-hmm. the American football players are going to play for like the American team. Yeah. I saw that they wanted to add, they might have um, seven on seven to the Olympics. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that. I haven't seen that. Yeah, there's huge talks about it. They might have done it. I would have to look that one up. Yeah. But I think it's very, very – I love that. That's an intriguing thing. Well, first off, I love it because America's going to win every single time. And if we don't <laughs> go 300-0 and 0 in our first 300 games, then we have some serious yeah, concerns. Just, just everybody at home, close your eyes right now. Close them real quick. Yeah. Just imagine Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball to Tyreek Hill, to Stefan Diggs, to Justin Jefferson – to with Jamar Chase on the bunch, yeah, like, like that's that's your team. The tight ends are Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, right, running down the field. Like that's just seven on seven too. Like, yeah, our running backs can be our wide receivers too, right. So like, you're you're gonna roll out there with either Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, and they're gonna be throwing to Terry Kill, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson, and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, um, I, it's gonna I mean, be like an and one mixtape. Flag, I think they I think they're gonna call it like flag football. Yeah, um, for the Olympics, but if they put in flag football before flag they put football can be in. coming to the Olympics. Yes, really. The idea of flag football in summer games may seem completely absurd. However, the push to get the ver- this version of the sport in the twenty twenty eight Olympic program has already begun. The idea of flag football in summer games may seem completely absurd. That doesn't mean it won't happen. That was in 2021. Um, and if you guys don't know, there's already, like, the world games for flag football. Yep. So there's certainly, like, that's usually how most things get into the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So I would love to see an Olympic flag football team from the U.S. Like, And I would be so shocked if they allowed NFL players to play on it. But... Like the like they'll NFL the, teams, they look they let the they'll NBA let, players, but like realistically, let's just be honest. So, say they don't let the NFL players go, y- you don't think that Quinn Ewers and company are gonna kick everybody's ass? I'm and, honestly not joking. I'm probably still gonna take the uh the boom seven on seven team, yeah, national seven on seven team probably over damn near every country's team. Yeah. Like it's just SFE seven on seven. Uh those dudes down in Florida, I'm probably taking them. Yeah. Like, like I'm probably taking like I don't even know. We can the send Cam our, Newton teams. We can send our college teams and kill them. And if they say I'm saying, NIL like, these are eighteen new high school players. Right. If you say like our our NIL team because they have NIL, they're not allowed. Yeah. Our I mean high I'm schoolers at, would beat grown men. Oh absolutely. Hundred percent. I think we would. Yeah. I just I don't want to disrespect other countries, but I will. We will. We'll absolutely. A seventeen-year-old will carve up Denmark secondary. I promise. Oh, absolutely, and that's not because of the <laughs> the games. I think it's because the game would be so much newer to them. They wouldn't yes. see the high-level athlete that you might see in America, like the average DB. I'm saying like there might be a low percent chance that I think that I could probably go play. On the seven on like D two kids could probably go play could, on the seven on seven team and probably sneak a win. We could go play for the Scottish three. international team immediately. 
I could play linebacker for the Scottish national team. I, yeah, I believe that. But I'm saying like seven on seven wise, I think that there's a slim chance if it was in the Olympics that I could probably, me and a few other D2 kids could probably sneak out a W against some other international teams. 100%. And you that's, know, that's not to be disrespectful. No, you guys just aren't as athletic and it, good as we are. It's, it's not. That's a bold take. It, but <laughs> Here's the bottom line. How long did it take you to confidently grasp motion rules? At the at the high level coverage. See, that's the thing that I don't know if they right. they would catch. Right, it's motion rules. It's it's all this like high imagine level a shit. imagine a Wayne State offense. It'd be insane. Or like a Lincoln Riley mm-hmm. offense. Like, okay, that's what I'm saying. Like we have Caleb Williams saucing the rock over here. Yeah. To Jordan Addison, who what she already does. Right. With the kid from TCU. Yep. With, like, with with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Marvin Harrison Jr. Marvin Harrison Jr. You got Michael Meyer and Brock Bowers and the, uh, um, what's his, uh, Sinclair, Kinclair? Uh, Kincaid. Kincaid, I know, yeah, something like that. From, yep. from Utah. Like, those I mean, are our yeah. tight ends that yep. you're just not stopping them. No, you're not. And defensively, like, we can literally just send LSU or Alabama's defense over. <laughs> yeah. Or I don't even care. Just an SEC defense. Hell, send Georgia. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like just send Georgia, Georgia to play him. SEC defense over there, like Keely Ringo is probably. I I don't think anyone's getting off the line. No. Um, and you know what? I hope this like blow this podcast blows up because of these hot takes we have. I love like, it. Like I might be completely underestimating the talent that's overseas. Show me football, I'm show me I'm wrong. But I need Sweden. I need proof. Like. <laughs> Like, Show me. I'm I want wrong. the Brits to stomp on American turf. Play <laughs> us. We'll even go over there. I, we'll go across the pond. Yeah, we'll enjoy the flight. We'll yeah. enjoy the flight back too after the dub. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, I would love to go play them mm-hmm. in their little palace and <laughs> just like you thought mo- mourning the Queen's death was bad. Like, Wait. imagine mourning tying the U.S. in soccer and getting blown out 170 to zero in football. It would be In real football. Like a man sport. A man sport. Yeah. I mean, do we still, like, have baseball at that level? Like, There's, there's sh- international baseball. I'm, yeah, but, like, how seriously is it taken? Because it's not really until, like, the it's, WBL or it, whatever. Yeah, it's usually World the— baseball series, the, like, uh, leagues. The South American countries that are— Yeah, it's more—yeah, it's not a— But regardless, yeah. Like, here's here's even the smallest of thing. Are you ready? This is the difference. Yeah. And it's minuscule. We've been playing flag football every day at recess from kindergarten yeah. to high school. Okay. We know how to roll our flags so they don't get pulled. You're right. But, I mean— that, And that's innate for children in America. Do you know how long it would take for a Brit to figure out? Not to say that it's a bag on them, but we've been doing it perfectly since I'm, we were five years old. Yeah, and I'm not going to I'm not gonna um, encourage the whole cheating thing because I really don't think we need it. <laughs> you can put, like, 18 flags around our waist and you're still not going to pull it. Sure. I'm sorry. Like, literally give me Elijah Sanders against anybody across the pond, and I'm taking him 100 times out of 100 times. Sure. Give me any – like, give me Logan Flanagan. I'm naming D2 wide receivers that we play with, by the way. Our boys. Like, like our friends. Give yeah. me them. Give me Buck. Honestly. And I <laughs> and I think they're out-jumping you. Yeah. Mason's your tight end. Yeah. 
Mason is our tight Trey Brown is our tight end. And we're going up and we're snagging that bitch. Yeah. And we're mossing you. And then we're going to dance. <laughs> and we ain't going to do no Irish jig. No. We're going to do some real dancing. Gritty. Some, some grittying. Gritty. So, something that the Brits haven't seen. Yeah. They need their muskets again. Yeah. They need their rifles. <laughs> the red coats. Yeah, the red coats. Like, imagine that, though. We beat them in wars. We beat them in every sport. Mm-hmm. We saved them in World War Two. Like, there are little brothers. At this point. You know what? I don't even want to say little brothers. There are little sisters. That's, we need to protect them. That's that's demeaning. We little sibling. Little sibling? No. We're an, we're an anti-sexist podcast. You're right, but there are little sisters. Okay. You know, like uh, if you're 19 years old and your parents had a whoopsie baby. And you got like a four-year-old sister running around. You're going to do everything you can to protect them. Or if you're 19 years old and you have a 16-year-old sister and she's about to go on her first date. Yeah, there's a good shot that you're being pretty protective. And you know the shithead she's hanging out with. You're yeah, like, you're, damn. You're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're probably like. I played seven on seven this summer with that guy. Yeah, see, like we we protect we, we protect them. We, yeah. ba- we absolutely will bail out the Brits and everything they do. Yeah. And we'll still whoop their ass in everything they do. Yeah. And damn near any country, except the South America countries in baseball. I'll give them that. And soccer. Soccer's just not a real sport in America. I'll give the Canadians hockey. Sorry. Probably the Russians, too. I, I, I'm, we're an anti-Russian podcast, so I want to address that. <laughs> I mean, I think that the... To be fair, the Russians are pretty damn good at hockey. So are the Swedes. Everybody's good at hockey. The Swedes. Is that what you even call people from Sweden? The Swedes. The Swedes, I believe, yeah. And, I mean, basically any country in that little region over there. Yeah, they have ice year-round? Yeah. I'm still taking the U.S. hockey team, though. I mean. Good old Nate the Great McKinnon. We're still pretty. Absolutely. I mean. Sid. Yeah, we have a lot of. I mean, even our hockey's good. That's not even our main sport. It's what, fourth? Fourth. Basketball, we win in. What's our third? Is baseball our third? Or third, is... baseball. And then football, we win in. And I'll give I'll give South America the baseball. I'll let you know as well. Uh, we we will also win in lacrosse. We'll win in lacrosse. I'm trying to think of another sport we'd probably whoop some ass in. I hear we're great in curling. Yeah, we're getting better in wrestling. Ooh, I'm probably taking us in wrestling pretty soon here. I'm I'm not taking us yet. The pretty the, soon here. The Eastern Block is still pretty legit. Uh, yeah, I'm saying pretty soon here. I'm taking. I don't know if the next ten years, but probably within the next ten years, I'm taking us. All right. I, All right. I mean, once we get more competitive in the college level, yeah, I'll probably take us. Um, ooh, now here's a here's a problem with our football argument. They got rugby. So. They damn near would kick. They would kick our ass in rugby. Yeah, they do kick our ass in rugby. That's fair. But again, if you take, like, I'm taking Ireland over America in rugby. Right, but if Quinn Nelson's playing rugby, then I'm I'm going to change my tune. If that's if, if we devoted Vita, some good athletes. If Vita Ve is playing for the American rugby team. Oh well, yeah. I mean, if you give me the entire, if you give me all of Hawaii, and let them play rugby, you'd be good. Because my brother literally, like, they played a Hawaii team for rugby. Mm-hmm. And my brother was like, there was not a single kid on that team that was under, like, six foot. And this was, he's 13, he was 13 years old at the time. Yeah. Six foot, 200 pounds. Like, those kids grow up to be 6'6", six, six, 280 by the time they're seniors in high school. I know. And they throw rocks over their heads. And 
run through the water with them. I know. Like it's insane. I'm like okay, just America's superior. We have devolved. We really just went downhill with this podcast, but <laughs> it's, it's fire because, like, we just get to shit talk other countries. Like, it's poor Iran, they're just sitting in shambles. Their plane ride back, might, like, it's it actually might get shot down. I don't, yeah, I, I really feel for those guys. The threat was there. Yeah. There was just an absolute threat. Yeah. I feel for, I I wish them safety, man, honestly. I, like, I, hope, I hope they're it's okay. It's so, it's so, like, I actually do feel really bad for those dudes. Yeah, I wish. They're being, like, that's just not fair. Like, yeah. you're trying to represent a whole country. Yeah. And when there's turmoil in the country, now you have to represent a country where the people and the regime are on different sides, and you got to somehow navigate that situation. Navigate it, where it should be like any other thing where sports unite a country. Yep. Where it should re- unite everybody, but I guess it just, I guess it doesn't. It's like, uh, that, like it's actually really sad though. Like I know we joked about it, but it is really sad. It's an awful situation because it's just it's just not right. Yep. I hope they're safe. I hope uh, I hope everything's okay there. I hope their uh, yeah, their families are okay. All that all that good stuff. Yeah, it's just so unfortunate. But, but to hell with England. So so yeah, absolutely. And guess what? Netherlands, we're coming for you. There you go. Yeah. All right. We'll end with that. Um, God save the queen. Yeah. <laughs>